The Sharks make it to the All-Star break, but large questions loom for general manager Mike Greer. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Probably part of the Locked on Eric. We cover your team every day. Um, if you want to be an everydayer, all you got to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts, or you can watch this on YouTube as well, or do both. Both is great. Um, and today we're going to be... Quickly going through this Sharks Ducks game, which uh, had very much the Friday uh, final where the entire campus is closed, except for like one class that you happen to be stuck in. Um, that was us and Ducks fans um, having to get through this game while everyone else is on break. Um, so we're going to be discussing this game and we're going to look at some of the big questions for Mike Greer, uh, including can we start trading people? and the defensive logjam. So before we get into all of that, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So normally with these uh, game breakdowns, right, we, we spend the first segment kind of talking about the big takeaway. The second one, we kind of dig into the numbers. Um, this game was an absolute slog. Uh, let's just start there. Both teams already looking forward to vacation. Um, and I don't know how the Sharks were leading this game for a good chunk of it. Um, it was very much like neither team wanted to be there um so we're gonna just gonna kind of go through some of the, the key takeaways um of this game and then we'll we'll move on to other things to talk about because again um if the sharks and the ducks didn't want to be there um yeah right like nobody wanted <laughs> everyone was just looking ahead um in this game that's perfectly fine so um big takeaways from this game. One, Shakir Mukumadulin getting his first NHL point, got the primary assist on Anthony Duclair's uh, power play goal. Sharks snapped their 0 for 18 streak um, on the power play uh, with that goal. Congratulations to Shakir Mukumadulin. Um, I thought he looked okay tonight, uh, which is fine, right? Playing his third NHL game, um, I thought he looked okay. The analytics not in favor of Bukumadolin tonight. Um, when he was on the ice at 5v5, four shot attempts, gave up 23. Um, yeah, and the, the Ducks, it's as close as this game was, it really shouldn't have been very close at all. Um, the Ducks dominated shot attempts, dominated like even dominant shot tends to dominate kind of time of possession uh, expected goals for uh capo and basically kind of kept the sharks in this game and the ducks had terrible puck luck um for this game so again congratulations to shakir mukamadulin uh i love one of my 
favorite cheesy things uh not only is you know the first lap um uh, but then seeing that like first point first goal pictures and their little cheesy faces um holding up the puck i don't know why it gets me every time i love it i could if someone made like an instagram account of just that where it's just guys first photos i would really enjoy it for some reason um Somebody's going to do that now if they haven't done it already. Um, please send me 10% uh, as a finder's fee of whatever monetization you get. Anyway, um, William Eklund line tonight playing his second line as center. Um, though that line struggles. So we had the Bear Benoff Eklund to Claire line. Um, it struggled at 5v5, giving one shot attempt for giving up 10 shot attempts. Um, Barabano did leave this game in the second, after the second period, um, and or it's midway through the second period, excuse me. Um, and they say it's probably not too serious, especially now with two weeks off. Uh, again, the Sharks don't play again until Valentine's Day. So you're going to spend your Valentine's Day with me. Um, so, heart. Um, anyway. One to ten, yeah. So one to ten, Bear Benov left. Um, then we saw kind of a, a mismatch of lines. Um, I thought Ekman played a little bit better as the game went on, but it's just interesting, right? Um, I talked about in the preview, like Leo Carlson, like Tavish. These are going to be guys that the Sharks are going to, I've talked about this before, right? These are going to be guys that the Sharks are going to have to deal with down the middle. And these guys are only going to get better, right? Leo Carlson got the primary assist on the game winning goal or on the game tying goal. Excuse me. Um, like you're, these are your, your, your peers that you're going to be kind of compared to um and if equin wants to play center and i think equin long term should play center uh, or at least continue to get an opportunity to play center depending on what happens with the draft etc cetera, etc cetera. but these are your peers you're going to have to kind of deal with on a night in night out night basis um and it was, i thought it was a big test uh for equin tonight again Leo Carlson's a, a, a man child. If you have not seen him in person, um, he is very big, very large. Um, and that, that guy's only going to get stronger. So just interesting, right? Mason McTavish, the same draft class as Eklund, um, who has been playing center um, for basically since he got there. These are going to be things you're going to have to kind of deal with. So going forward, I thought Eklund played well, but... Again, he's going to need to continue to get stronger on the faceoff. And I think defensively, right, you're going to have to kind of deal with those guys. And how do you kind of deal with that? But Eklund was shifty again tonight. Uh, his forechecking led to, again, winning a bu uh, board battle, um, getting the puck up to the point, which led to the Vlasic goal. Uh, congratulations to Vlasic with three goals in three straight games. Um, Eric Carlson 2.0, apparently. Who knew? <laughs> but um, and then I think the other kind of big takeaway was uh, I think Capo Kakadam continues to play well. Um, I, I'm very intrigued to see what the Sharks do, especially – um, with the goaltending position going forward. Um, but Cabo Kakinen tonight, 31 saves on 34 shots, um, 389 expected goals, uh, gave up three goals. Um, and the overtime goal was just a 
mismatch of things that went wrong. Um, Duclair tries to kind of take on two guys at once. Uh, lose. I don't know if he loses the puck slash tries to complete a drop pass to Eklund through a defenseman or uh, through a Ducks player. Uh, it goes wrong, basically. And then um, Ducks go 2-1-1 the other way. And poor Shakir Mukumadulin, um plays it as, as best he can there, but... You know, uh, and then you combine that with Capo Kakinen not able to kind of get the push off you want from him. Boom, Ducks win win the game. So, um, it, you know, it's comparing this to like the Blackwood shutout, right? Blackwood faced, you know, 32 shots, made 32 saves, but I think Capo Kakinen had a much tougher night tonight. Um, eight high danger saves on 10 high danger shots, um, eight mid danger saves on nine mid danger shots, and then 15 of 15 low danger saves. So um, Blackwood, I think, had four high danger saves that he had to make last uh, last night. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of a catastrophe of, of and that's been the Sharks, right, is uh, that compounding thing. When one thing goes wrong, it just kind of compounds into other things where Duclair probably shouldn't try to take on two guys at once, especially on a three-on-three situation where you are you have Shakir Mukumadulin, who's a rookie, playing in his third games, and William Eklund, who's behind you, but there's a kind of a player between you two, um, just not a smart decision there to try to um make that play and then of course right leads to the goal um the other way so yeah it is what it is so um again this very much had the like let's just get out of here um my flight leaves at 7 a.m tomorrow and i need to get home um and try to pack still uh <laughs> feel to it so i think both teams were wanting to kind of get out of there um so i think we want to get out of this game too and talk about some other stuff so we'll do that here in just a second including um starting to look at we had a big trade in the nhl it is time for Mike Greer. I know we're going to have the roster freeze here in a minute, but is it time for Mike Greer to start getting some pieces moving, start freeing up uh, some some guys here and start giving opportunities to younger players? Then we'll look at the defensemen and what to do when everyone starts to get healthy. So we'll get to all that here in just one second. With the Super Bowl almost here um we want to celebrate Bandle wants to celebrate they're america's number one sports book and if you're like me the super bowl sunday is all about getting the best seat on the couch right um grabbing your favorite foods i'm gonna probably barbecue or something that day making sure that we have way too much food um that you don't need and then also making sure I put in some super bets. Um, i've said it before and i'll continue to say it. i love 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 that christian McCaffrey. Rushing touchdown, Christian McCaffrey receiving touchdown. I think McCaffrey's going to have a monster game uh, against the Chiefs, and I think they're going to have to ride him to victory. And I think, I think, I think Shanahan, I think he takes care of the Demons and finally wins his first Super Bowl. So, um, FanDuel's got you covered because there's just so many fun ways to bet uh, for Super Bowl 58. They've got plenty of touchdown bets. They have plenty of uh, bets on Point scored. Um, whatever you want to bet on, FanDuel is going to have you covered. So new customers join today. You get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, uh, so let's get into some of the big questions, looming questions. I think um, we as Sharks fans, right, we are looking forward to this trade deadline um and what how mike greer is going to cobble together as many assets as possible um going into this and again we're gonna have a roster freeze here really soon um you know we we had our kind of the first big domino get traded um with uh lindholm going to vancouver um and there's not like a bunch of Big, big names. I think that was kind of the, the biggest name um, out there. There's not like a ton of big names out there. So I think it's going to be about trying to squeeze as much juice as you can from whatever you have. And just a reminder. So here are the, the kind of the potential guys for the Sharks, right? You have your guys who are going to be, you're usually in the last year of your contracts. And the Sharks have a lot of those guys, actually. It's just... The problem is there's not, again, I don't know what you're getting for all these guys. So we'll kind of go through, again, just a quick reminder, going through the names here. So uh, Kevin LeBanc, uh, last year of his 4.725. Mike Hoffman, last year of his 4.5 million. Anthony Duclair, last year of his $3 million deal. All those guys are UFAs. It will be free agents at the end of the season. Luke Cunning. Uh, last year of his 2.75 RFA. So he is, you still own his rights. Um, so whatever team wants potentially trade for him, I wouldn't be surprised if a team wants to add somebody like Cunning, play penalty kill, come in, uh, play bottom six, and then he's you own his rights going forward, right? Um, Bear Banoff, last year of his 2.5 million dollar deal. Uh, Phillips Sedina, $1.1 million deal, also an RFA. Um, then you have Justin Bailey and Ryan Carpenter, both league min guys at uh, with a U- with the last year of their deals at uh, Anobi UFAs. On the defense side, um, Jacob McDonald, who gives you some nice versatility playing forward or defense. He's been mostly playing forward for the Sharks last year of his deal, that min. And then the Sharks have uh, some young defensemen, which I don't see them training, but just put them out there. $825,000 for Kalen Addison, uh, a Hochuk in the last year of his ELC. Um, and then uh, Ty Emerson, sorry, excuse me, not a last year of his, yeah, last year of his ELC for uh, a Hochuk. And then um, Ty Emerson, who's on a one year kind of vetman type of deal as well. And then Capo Kakinen. Also, a uh, free agent this year. Uh, as for the injured reserve guys who will be back, um, David Quinn did expect he kind of feels like everybody should be back um, this year. That's, you know, looking at Grandland, Ferraro, uh, Thrun, and Giovanni Smith all could be back after the All-Star break. So, I think the big ones still, I think Duclair is, is basically as good as gone. Uh, I don't think this year has gone anywhere near what Duclair expected and what the Sharks expected. Remember, 
Anthony Duclair is his own agent. Um, so it's not like he has to, you know, like literally Mike Gurk may come downstairs, declare, here's what we got type of things. What do you want to do? Um, so um, declares his own agent. I think he is going to be looking to get out of town and try to go win, um, go win a cup and go kind of join a, a, a race, right? Where I think he can be, utilize better um lebanc's not getting traded because of that contract right um hoffman maybe but i still don't see that contract unless the sharks want to eat that contract and remember the sharks can only eat one more salary um this season and that is stays until the league new year on july 1st so through the trade deadline through the draft that doesn't come off that whatever retention you have doesn't flip over until the league new year, which is July 1st. So you would have to go through the draft potentially. I don't think the Sharks are going to make any massive moves at the draft, but just something to keep in mind. Um, you know, they did it last year with the Timo Meyer deal. Um, granted, Garrett Carlson had not been traded, but now with Burns and Carlson both on the retention slots um, for the next two seasons, um, this year and next year, you just got to be careful with that money right there with that, with that one last slot. So, um, yeah, Barabanov, who's had a really disappointing season, um, I think, and does have a 10 treat 10 team, no trade clause. Um, I could still see a team, but I think, I think he's worth potentially hanging on. I know this season has been absolutely horrible, but I'm willing to look at the last two seasons of what we've seen from Barabanov compared to the one injury plague season um, on one of the worst NHL teams in recent memory. Um, and maybe lean more towards that's the potential Barabanov will get. So I, if a team comes sniffing around, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would, I think as of right now, we're, over you know uh, five weeks out from the trade deadline, I think Barabanov is more likely to stay um, rather than get traded. So um, Hoffman, like I said, I don't the deal that that's a lot of money um, to try to get in. I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, with Cunning if a team starts to ask. I don't think any people are going to be asking for Zadina again. Uh, Carpenter Bailey, you never know. Again, both those guys are kind of free. Um, I expect Carpenter to be back in the AHL here soon, especially if the Sharks get healthy um, down the center. And with the defenseman, I mean, the only one I think who could be potentially moved is Jan Ruda, but he does have two years left on his deal at 2.75. And it might be one of those where we'll trade Ruda and we got to maybe Sharks has to take back a bad contract um for a team who's looking to add some veteran defensive veteran guy who can come in and be your sixth defenseman um championship etc cetera, etc cetera, all that stuff and maybe the sharks take back a bad contract because the sharks do have cap space to take back a bad contract and maybe that kind of helps sweeten uh the pot a little bit especially with the salary cap expected to finally go up next year but it might be a dollar in dollar out situation and then capital cap and i think is and Mario Ferrer, I think you're, are your two kind of big pieces if you want to trade them. Um, Kakadin is going to be interesting because the Sharks have struggled at goaltending for so long. Um, but it's again, are we getting going forward? Are you getting the Capo Kakadin this year? Or are you getting the one last year? And la one last year was 
one of the worst in the league, but Capo Kakin has been really, really good this season. And um, what's it to you for a team that has struggled to find consistent goaltending and then you're finally getting consistent goaltending this season? So um, I think it's just about Mike Greer sets a price and if a team is willing to meet that price and if they're not, I'm sure he'll be happy to try to re-sign Capo Kakinen to, you know, an extension here. So, and then I think Mario Ferraro, plenty of conversations on this podcast about Mario Ferraro and kind of what he is, but uh, two years left after this year, 3.25 million, um, still only 25, you know, kind of a heart and soul type of guy in the locker room has played better this year. I think than you know what we've expected um has kind of really taken on a, a huge role, especially with Carlson and Burns now out of the picture. Um, but that's again, I think it's kind of a lot like Capo and Greer has a price in his head, and if a team isn't willing to meet it, um, I don't then he doesn't get moved. But if a team's willing to meet that price, and I think Greer has a very long, hard uh, decision a- ahead of him. So, and apparently Toronto's in on literally every defenseman um, that is potentially available. So, Mike Greer, you're going to have to make some space here soon uh, with guys getting healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if at the all-star break we start to kind of see things happening here soon so um yeah i i must set the over under four and a half roster guys get traded so going to the all-star break i think he traded more than that last year so uh sorry four and a half all guys get traded um before the trade deadline so all right um before we finish this up, uh, we're going to look at the defensive log jam and kind of what to do. And if the Sharks need to have a big question about Nikita Ohochuk uh, here in just one second. All right. Um, so, again, we're expecting everyone to kind of be back after the um all-star break i know hojack did leave this game for a little bit but did come back and i assume with two weeks off um hojack should be fine uh after blocking a a shot in the knee so that's going to leave the sharks with a lot of defensemen that they're going to have to make some room right um you have mark edward vlasic at his seven million dollar cap hit jan ruda Kyle Burroughs, Shakir Mukamadulin, Kalen Addison, Nikita Ahochuk, Ty Emerson, uh, Jacob McDonald, who, again, I know he's a defenseman. He plays mostly forward. Um, Mario Ferraro and Henry Thrun all coming back. So um, that puts quick math. Thrun, Ferraro, two. Uh, Emerson, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine defensemen. Um, most teams carry seven maybe eight um, again with McDonald kind of giving you a little bit of flexibility there. So if the Sharks want to carry 13 forwards and eight defensemen, which is kind of what they've been doing right now, um, you're going to have to make some room. We assume Shakir Mukumadulin will get sent back down to, well, he's going to get sent back down so he can go play in the All-Star, AHL All-Star game, uh, which I will be at. So make sure you guys are following along, especially on YouTube. You're going to see get some extra behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm sure, on the uh, Locked on Sharks Instagram page. 
uh, nice plug there as well. Getting close to a thousand followers. So uh, make sure you guys are following along with that. If you want some behind the scenes, AHL all-star stuff that is going to be in San Jose. Um, but I digress. Muka Bajon is going to be back in the uh, AHL. Um, he is waivers exempt. Don't have to worry about that. Um, and then the only other defenseman that is waivers exempt um, is Henry Thrun. So again, does not have to, he can just get clearly go between the AHL and the um, NHL. But Thrun before his injury was one of the Sharks best defensemen. Um, and he's been playing really, really, really well. And I just don't see how, you can justify sending him back down. I think he needs to play NHL games. Um, he can't remember he came up right around Christmas and he's been awesome since then. I, I would ugh, do not think you should send him down. So can't send down Vlasic, um, absolute scoring machine. And again, you can't send down Vlasic, uh, but Vlasic going to be here, right? Can't do anything with that. Jan Ruda, we mentioned before potential trade, but it's not like, again, it's not like the Sharks are going to be trading him right now. You're going to have to, clear some space here real soon. Kyle Burrows, who's played most games, has got been a healthy scratch here or there. Again, he's going to be sticking around, right? Um, and Burrows is like a perfectly cromulent six or seven defenseman, right? Then you come down to Ty Emerson, who I know got benched tonight, but I think he's still kind of dealing with an injury. Um, but... I I don't think he's I think he's played really well for the most part. I know again didn't play well last game and then got benched tonight. Also dealing with an injury. Hopefully two weeks from now he's healthy. Right, we're assuming everyone's kind of fully healthy at that point. Kalen Addison again part of a trade, but has been a healthy scratch a lot. Is also kind of not looked super great. And then you have Nikita Ohochuk, right? Um, and I think that's where your decision is going to come down because you're either going to have to, I think you're going to have to wave somebody and try to get them through waivers and send them down to the um, to the AHL. Again, the only forward is William Eklund, and you could argue William Eklund is like the Sharks' second best forward right now behind Tomas Hurdle, uh, who's been injured. Like you're not, I don't, you can't sit William Eklund down to the AHL right now. Um, he's too good. The Sharks need them, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the Sharks are going to have to have a big conversation with themselves about who are we willing to wave and try to squeak through right now to get to the AHL. And there's always that risk, right, of, of guy, teams that are potentially looking to, you know, just snatch somebody um, because it's a free player. By free, they get put him through waivers. Um, every team can make a claim on him. They pick up that contract. And since all these contracts, again, Ahochuk and Kalen Addison are all uh, Ty Emerson, Jacob McDonald, um, all these guys are making less than a million dollars. Most teams are able to, you know, teams can kind of fit these in pretty easily uh, with what they want to do. But I think... I think Ahochuk has got to be... I think you he's the guy... Um, you need to kind of look at potentially sending down because I think he needs to just, I think playing some time in the AHL um, would do him good, right? Uh, remember, missed a good chunk of last season um, dealing with an injury. Missed the beginning of, of this year, uh, kind of 
dealing with an injury as well. And that kind of jump from the AHL to the NHL and also missing kind of training camp, et cetera. Like I think I think spending some trying to get seeing a sneak up through waivers and try to send him down to play some AHL games. I think that's what's best for him. Um there is the risk, right? And who knows, might try to claim him, right? Big body guy, very physical defenseman. Um, but he has been struggling. Um, and, you know, even on the Sharks game and they're uh, against the, um, sorry, excuse me, against the Kraken, terrible turnover. Blackwood kind of saves the day. Um, and it's just kind of a lot of those little kind of mental mistakes. And you wonder maybe just going down and playing the AHL, um, getting a nice refresh here. Kind of maybe building some confidence up before and then bringing him back after the trade deadline when hopefully, maybe potentially, you see some some numbers kind of thin out along the blue line um, type of situation. But he's the guy I would try to kind of squeak through. Um, I can see the the argument for Kalen Addison, but I think the offensive upside and plus his right hand defenseman um, might be a little bit tougher to try to get through. I think maybe if teams kind of see the way, you know, the scouts kind of see the way um, a Chuck's played recently, maybe, you know, maybe get a, a little bit lucky and um, kind of squeaking them through, but there's something you have to kind of the potential of losing them. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think a Chuck needs to play some time in the AHL and kind of, a nice refresh and reset um, go down there. So um, that's going to be it for me today. We'll be back tomorrow with another draft profile. Uh, our good friend Sam McGilligan joins to talk about one Ivan Demidov, um, who he is very, very excited about. So make sure you guys are following for that uh, wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Um, you can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole until tomorrow. Bye friends.